Amen. Some call it heaven. I call it home. I saw, a, read a little article one time, and there was a missionary and his wife had spent their entire life in a foreign land. And uh, due to their health problems and things, they came back to the United States, and they had spent their entire life serving the Lord and witnessing and preaching the gospel and sharing with people and pointing souls to Christ and spent their entire life uh, doing that. And they came back and came into the harbor in New York and uh, on a ship and there was just tons of people out there and people were cheering and carrying on and and uh, just uh, clapping and screaming and just raising their hands and everything. And uh, they found out that the president... Uh, was on that ship, and the missionary and his wife got off the ship, and they, not a single person there uh, to greet them as they stepped on U.S. soil again, and they went to the motel, and uh, the missionary, he was down in the dumps. He was really uh, down in the dumps, and he told his wife, he said, you know, said we've spent our entire lives serving the Lord, and uh, we sacrificed for him and trying to point precious souls to Jesus and said, you know, when we got home, there wasn't a single person there to meet us. And they went to bed that night. And uh, the next morning, the lady woke up and her husband was already, had already gotten up and uh, she could hear him and he was whistling and he was going along through the, uh, through the motel room there and she went in there and she said, I don't understand. She said, Last night you were so discouraged and so disheartened uh, because nobody met us when we got home. And he said, Well, the Lord showed me last night, said, You're not home yet. And uh, so I don't know exactly what heaven's going to be like, but I know it's going to be good. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward uh, to that day. Uh, whenever it is, if, it, if the Lord calls us by the way of death, uh, that's fine. Uh, if He comes in the rapture and we leave here then, that's fine too. I've already told Ben Mason at the funeral home that I hope he didn't make a dime off of me. I'm looking for the rapture to take place. And uh, so I'm looking forward uh, to that uh, tonight. But I appreciate uh, the day. We've been blessed today. Appreciate the message this morning. Appreciate Brother Henry as he so faithfully stood, shared the Word of God uh, with us. And I want to share with you what's on our heart uh, for tonight. You know, we live in a time, we live in a day and age when there is so much compromise that's going on. There's a lot of uh, compromising going on as far as Scripture's concerned. There's a lot of churches that are uh, compromising uh, on the Word of God and compromising on their stand. Uh, there's a lot of individuals that profess uh, to be Christians that uh, no longer stand as they once uh, stood. And uh, the Lord has laid this uh, on our heart. And I want to share with you for a few minutes tonight uh, what uh, the Lord has given us. But in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter number 7, I want to read two verses uh, here and, uh, and just uh, share with you uh, this thought uh, this evening. But in Matthew chapter uh, number 7, 
I want to read two verses here, and I want to ask you if you're able to do so, would you stand for the reading of God's Word tonight? Matthew chapter number 7. I want you to look at verses 28 and 29. These two verses close out uh, this chapter. If you'll go back earlier, uh, you're going to find that this is the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, Jesus is closing uh, this out, or the Sermon on the Mount is closed out. And the Bible said here in verse 28, said, It came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at His doctrine. For He taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. And the thought that the Lord's laid on our heart tonight is the importance of sound doctrine. The importance of sound doctrine. I want you to bow your heads with me and let's pray together. God, our Father in heaven, as we bow in your presence tonight, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings God, just thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit, God, that we have felt here around this place today. Thankful, Lord, for the Spirit we feel in this place tonight. And God, I pray that uh, you'd prepare our hearts and our minds, uh, Lord, to be receptive to your word tonight. Speak to us, Lord, we pray. And help us not just hear your word, but help us be obedient to your word tonight. Lord, we love you and we thank you for loving us. Thank you for this place, Lord, that we're about in tonight. And God, we realize this is holy ground uh, that we stand upon. And, and Lord, we just praise you for that tonight. And, and God, we pray for every church across this land uh, that's met in your name, every man that you've called uh, to preach your word. God, I pray, uh, God, that you'd touch them and bless them and use them for your glory and for that alone. God, help us now, uh, Lord, as we look into your word. And God, allow us to be your spokesman and your mouthpiece uh, in this place tonight. We'll be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for all this accomplished in Jesus' name. And for his sake we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I want you to think about this tonight, the importance of sound doctrine. When Jesus had completed uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the Bible said it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings. It says the people were astonished. Notice that word for just a moment. The people were astonished at His doctrine. It says, for He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. You know, I've heard people make the statement. I've even made the statement uh, as well. I had the opportunity to go uh, to the Holy Land back in 1995. And I remember that we went to a lot of different places that are uh, talked about uh, in the Bible. And we went uh, to the Mount uh, of Beatitudes. And it was there uh, that Jesus uh, taught the Sermon on the Mount. And, and you know, we, we opened up the Word of God, our group did, and uh, we began to read uh, that Scripture. And, and we, we sat there uh, on the rocks around that place. And, and we sat there and we uh, heard the Word of God. And we heard uh, as Jesus spoke uh, th- these words uh, there. And, and 
you know the thought, and many times people will make the statement, boy, what, what, how wonderful it would have been uh, to have sat there and just listen to him uh, as he taught and listen uh, to him and got to hear him uh, as he taught. Do you realize uh, tonight what we have uh, before us tonight is the Word of God. Uh, this is God's Word. You can open up uh, the Word of God. You can open up uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount and you can open up and begin reading the Sermon on the Mount and these are His words. This is what He had to say and it's just like He's right there uh, teaching us and giving us and instructing us uh, uh, through the Word. Uh, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. The same uh, was in the beginning with God. It says the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten full of grace and truth. Aren't you glad uh, tonight uh, for what Jesus He's given us uh, through His Word. He has taught us uh, through His Word. Many of the people that heard Him that on the, those days were astonished uh, at His Word. And the Bible said this, it says, For He uh, taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. There's a difference. And the people recognized uh, that difference. Now, if you'll go with me over to Matthew 22, I want you to notice uh, something else uh, that is said here. Jesus was having an encounter with the Sadducees. The Sadducees did not believe uh, in the bodily uh, resurrection. They did not believe uh, in the bodily resurrection. And they came uh, to Jesus and uh, began to ask Him. And they said, Master Moses uh, said that if a man die and has no children, his brother shall marry his wife, raise up seed to his brother. says, Now there were with us seven brothers. Brethren, the first when he had married a wife deceased, having no issue, left his wife to his brother, likewise the second also, and third unto the seventh. And it says, and last of all, the woman died also. And they ask this question, and they don't even believe in the resurrection. But the Bible says, they said, therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. And notice Jesus' response. He answered and said unto them, he said, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken to you by God, saying, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And that's how he responded uh, to the Sadducees. But notice verse number 33. The Bible says, And when the multitude uh, heard this, it says they were astonished at His doctrine. They were astonished at His doctrine. If you go on over in Mark one twenty-two, the Bible tells us there they were astonished at His doctrine, for He taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. If you go to Mark 11, verse 18, the Bible says all the people was astonished at His doctrine. In Luke chapter 4, verse 32, it says they were astonished at His doctrine, for His Word was with power. 
Jesus said in John 17, 16, it says, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Think about this. It is important for sound doctrine to be declared in 2023. There's an importance, there is a need uh, to, to, to speak sound doctrine. The Apostle Paul in writing to Titus, in Titus 2.1, he says this, he says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. He was telling young Titus that, that to speak the things that become sound doctrine. Over in Romans chapter number 6, the Bible tells us this. Now, I want you to think about Romans for just a moment. If you'll go back and you study out the book of Romans, you'll find the first 11 chapters of Romans has, it deals with doctrine. It talks about justification by faith. It says there's now no condemnation uh, to them that are in Christ Jesus. It talks about the Spirit and being led of the Spirit. It talks about that they that are led of the Spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It gives us sound doctrine in those first 11 chapters. In chapter 12 of Romans, verse number 1, it says this. It says, I beseech you therefore... Notice that word, therefore. It's because of what's already been taught. It's because of what's already been said in the 11 chapters previous. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Henry mentioned this uh, verse this morning. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But he doesn't stop there. He tells us this. He says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How are you going to do that? How are we going to live right? How are we going to act right? How are we going to conduct ourselves right? How are we going to walk in a right manner that's pleasing to God? The only way is to be firmly grounded in sound doctrine. Listen to the Word of God. Get in the, in the Word of God, uh, sit under the Sunday school teacher and get that sound doctrine. Be taught uh, from the Word of God and we can live right and do right. In Romans chapter number 6, look at verse 14. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Notice verse 17. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. That's past tense. Ye were the servants of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. 
being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Praise be unto God for good, sound doctrine. Thank God for good, sound doctrine. The Bible tells us over in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and this is a very, a very familiar uh, chapter, but in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, I want you to notice verse number 10. Now, Paul writing to Timothy, he says, In the last days, perilous times are going to come. Talked about how that men would be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. He says, from such turn away. Look down at verse number 10. I want you to see something here. He says, but thou hast fully known... My doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. He says, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, then all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. He says, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Look at verse number 14. He says, but continue, listen to this, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy, the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Continue, continue. He said, you continue in the things that you've learned and that you've been assured of. He says, knowing of whom... Thou hast learned them. Continue in that sound doctrine. And he says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 16 and 17. He said, All scripture, not part of it, he said, All of it is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. That's to the good. That's the plus. It's good. It says, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. All Scripture, not part of it, all of it is given by inspiration of God. Holy men of God, moved by the Holy Ghost of God, pinned down the Word of God. And we have a complete copy of the Word of God that is here. There's not some that's going to be added to it down the road. There's not some, as some people teach, that's been added to it uh, back there somewhere. Uh, God has given us complete canon of Scripture... 
and He's given us, and it's to our good and to our benefit if we'll listen to it, if we'll be taught by it, and we'll stand on sound biblical doctrine. Stand on, stand on His doctrine. I want you to notice in 2 Timothy 4 something that's here. He says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick. It's talking about the living. You have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Who will judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. He told Timothy, he said, you preach the word. Just preach the word. That's what's needed in America today. That's what's needed in our churches today. That's what's needed around the world today is preach the Word of God. Preach God's Word. Tell God's Word. Preach God's Word. Proclaim God's Word. He said, you preach the Word. Instant in season and out of season. When it's popular, preach it. When it's not popular, still preach it. Stand on the Word of God. Stand on sound doctrine. God help us. God help us. He said, for the time will come when they'll not endure sound doctrine. We can see that today. People say, I don't like to hear. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. I've heard people make statements like this. I know what the Word of God says, but. I know what the Word of God says, but. And they've got an excuse. I'm going to tell you what, you don't have an excuse as far as God's Word is concerned. His Word is forever settled in heaven. God's Word says what it says. God's Word means what it says. I can't change it. You can't change it. If I got up here tonight and I said, well, I don't tell you what my opinion is on this. I'm going to tell you what. My opinion don't amount to a hill of beans. You know what does matter? It matters what God's Word says. That's what it matters. In the Bible, He says, preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove rebuke, exhort, says with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they'll, they'll not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. I'm going to tell you what. You can flip the TV on and there's all kind of religious broadcasting on. You can hear this, you can hear that. I, I remember years ago, I was listening to Oliver Green. And Oliver Green made this statement. He said he was on a radio station out in California. And he was between two other preachers. And he said the one that came on before him, 
preach salvation by works, that you earned your way to heaven. He said the one after him preached salvation by baptism, that it was essential for a person to be baptized in order to be saved. And he said, here I am in the middle, and I'm preaching for by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He said, if somebody sat down and they listened to this broadcast and then they listened to this broadcast and they'd listen to this broadcast, they'd say, well, who's right? Who's telling the truth? And he said, I just rear back and tell them, let God be true and every man a liar. What God's Word says, that's it. And it's settled. But a lot of folks do not want to hear sound doctrine. It says they'll turn their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And he warned Timothy. And he says, watch thou in all things. Endure in afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. He says, make full proof of thy ministry. Stand firm. Stay on the Word of God. It is important. Sound doctrine is important. Sound doctrine. In Ephesians, back in Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter number 4. I'm going to show you something here. In Ephesians, chapter number 4. The Bible says this, beginning of verse 7. It says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Now notice what happens next. It says, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why did he do that? Next verse tells us. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. You don't have to look very far. You don't have to look very far. There's all kind of isms and schisms and spasms everywhere. If you don't like it in one place... There's somewhere else down the road they'll give you something that'll tickle that ear. 
Sound doctrine is important. I, the biggest fault, I guess, now Lynn may differ with this, but the biggest fault I guess I have is I love sweet tea. I could drink a gallon of sweet tea a day if I let myself do that. And I'll, I've got to where I, when I get tea and when I drink tea, I do half and half, half of it sweet, half of it unsweetened. And I'm gradually getting to where I've got more unsweetened than sweet. And I'm adjusting to that. But you know, you can, if I had a gallon jug, if I had a two, ga- if I had a two gallon jug, and had a gallon of sweet, uh, sweet tea here in this jug. I could add a little bit of something to it. And I could add a little bit of something else to it. And then I'd add a little bit of something else. And then I'd think, well, you know what? I believe it would be better if I, I added this to it. That's exactly the way that a lot of people are doing Scripture They'll add this to it. They'll add that to it. They'll add something else to it. Uh, something that is appealing uh, to the flesh uh, that makes me a little more comfortable. I don't feel as skin up uh, when I get in the Word of God. And I add this to it and that to it and that to it. And before long, if I keep doing that to that gallon of tea, pretty soon it's not worth anything at all. And if people keep adding to Scripture and taking this out and adding that in. I love the King James Version of the Bible. I'll stand on it. I'll use it till my dying day. I'll stand on it. You can read some of the other versions. I've compared some of them. And when you start leaving the blood out, when you leave the blood out, you know what? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. There's no forgiveness of sin without the blood of Christ. The importance of sound doctrine. Over in Second John, I want you to see something right here. In Second John, there's three verses right here. I want you to listen to. The Bible says in verse number nine, it says, "Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ has not." Can you get any plainer than this? Has not God? It says, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. And then he gives a warning. He said, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine. Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. 
For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. There's cults that'll pull in your driveway. There's cults that'll walk up on your front porch. There's cults that'll ring your doorbell. There's cults that'll knock on your door. And you'll open the door. I used to hide. I used to act like I wasn't at home when they would come. But God taught me a lesson with this. I was sitting one day in our house and had the Word of God open. And I was there. And they came up. This man, young man came up. And, and I opened the door and he said, won't it be wonderful when there's peace on earth? And I said, they sure will be. I said, you know when that's going to happen? It's when the Lord Jesus Christ comes and he sits on his throne uh, and there's going to be peace on this earth. And I asked him, I said, have you ever been saved? Have you ever been born again? And he said, probably not the way you're talking about. And I reached and got my Bible, opened it up, showed him God's plan of salvation. I'd love to tell you that young man uh, got saved there. I told him uh, the best thing that could happen to him is forget all the junk that he's been taught and rely on what the Word of God says. And God says that a man must be born again. That's what he says. That's what God's Word says. I've had them to come and they try to give me some of their literature. You know what? I don't take it. I don't even take it in the house and put it in my garbage. I wouldn't have nothing that filthy in my garbage can, huh? Don't take it. It says, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, it says, Receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil. Jesus said this. He said, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And he says, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know, there's a lot of people confused today. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, it said, God is not the author of confusion. Sound doctrine is important. You know why it's so important? Why do we need to sit under the teaching, the preaching, of the Word of God. Why does there need to be sound doctrine in our churches, sound doctrine in our homes? Why should we come week after week after week and study the Word of God as we gather together? Proverbs 23, verse 7, the first part of that verse says this, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's why we need sound doctrine. I'm going to tell you this. 
People told me years ago how fast time would fly the older I got. I thought it was hilarious. But I'm going to tell you what. I challenge these young preachers, and I tell them this. Preach the Word. You preach the Word. Stand on the book. Stay with it. I want my grandkids, these great-grandkids somewhere down the road, I want them to be able to hear. I want them to be able to sit under sound doctrine. It's important. It's important. We've lost generation after generation after generation that's not set under sound biblical doctrine. We've lost it. We've lost it. Had a fellow that listens to our radio broadcast every Sunday. And he made this statement to me, and I may have shared this with the church, but I saw him not long ago. And he made this statement. He said, there's not many of y'all left. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I can listen on the radio. He said, I can even watch a live stream broadcast. He's 90 years old now. Probably 91 by now. But he said, there's just not many left that'll preach and teach and stand on the truth of the Word of God. And I'm going to tell you what, that thrilled my heart and soul. But sound doctrine is important. It's important. In the book of Jude, he challenges. He says, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. He gave warning concerning false teachers that would come and said they'll even come in among the flock. He said, be careful, be careful. But sound doctrine is needed. Sound doctrine is important. In 2023, it's just as important today as it was in Jesus' day, as it was in the days of the apostle, in the days of the early church. Sound doctrine is important today. And this is the message that God laid on our heart tonight.